0: Welcome to Let's Therapy, where we get real and raw about your mental health, faith, and blended family. We're your hosts, counselors, Scott and Vanessa Martindale. Now, Let's Therapy.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Therapy. I am here today with a very special guest, Dan Inako, who is actually one of our BKF team members he is our videographer but Dan also has a PhD in clinical psychology so Dan you're kind of like a jack of all trades (laughs) and I love that because you and Scott like kind of speak the same language you know when it comes to therapy and psychology and behavioral things and so I'm excited to have you on the podcast today and dive into some of these issues
0: yeah I'm excited to be here
1: yes well you guys today um, we're going to be talking about overcoming an upbringing where someone in your family had mental health issues and a lot of the topics that we're talking about were really grabbing from the audience and so if you follow our social media or if you're subscribed to uh, our newsletter, we'll often send out um, emails asking you know for your feedback and for the topics that you want us to cover and so this was one of the ones that was sent into us. Um, And so talking about, you know, family members who have had mental health issues and maybe even how like that can affect you like as a child or can even be passed down. You know, Dana, I know growing up, um, my mom struggled with depression and um, addiction is something that also – kind of ran in our family. Um, and it was something that as uh, as I was growing up and in college and a young adult, I actually struggled with as well. Um, and so we just want to talk, you know, kind of talk through that and um, some of the things that, uh, that we can do to help maybe remedy some of those things um, and maybe just talk about um, some ways to help prevent that in the future. So acknowledging the impact. So We want to recognize and validate the impact that growing up in an untreated mental disorder household has on your life. And so, you know, I know um, growing up, I grew up in a house that was kind of dysfunctional. We have this joke in my family where we say we put the fun in dysfunctional. Um, (laughs) That's one
0: way to cope, right? Yeah,
1: right. Um, And so, you know, um, understanding that, you know, there's something that that, um, in the counseling world we call differentiation. And we develop a level of differentiation, and it's really based on our upbringing and the people that we are in contact with the most and the closest to. And so depending on our upbringing, if it was chaotic, if it was stressful, if it was abusive, if it was traumatic, we develop different levels of differentiation. And what differentiation does is it's as we grow up, it's how we then cope with the stressors in our life. And if we have low levels of differentiation, we typically don't uh, cope well. And we develop unhealthy coping mechanisms and we can develop, um, you know, and then that can look like substance abuse, it can look like um, codependency, it can look like so many different things, you know, if you do grow up in a household where maybe mental health or um, those issues have not been there, you know, you probably have a higher level of differentiation. And so you're able to cope in healthy ways and and understand how to cope with the stressors of life and things like that. So understanding that our upbringing may have affected our emotional well-being and relationships overall as we develop. And so, Dan, can you speak into that a little bit too? Because I know um, you've worked with, um, you worked for, was it six years or seven years with clients? Yeah, six
0: years. I I worked for six years as a therapist. I specialized in substance abuse treatment. I worked with people with a wide variety of mental health disorders. We call this comorbidity when there's at least two different disorders happening at the same time. And for us, the challenge was, is this due to substance substance use and abuse? Is this due to depression, anxiety, schizophrenia? Or is it more often than not a combination of all of those factors combined? And yeah. I think the biggest thing that comes to me thinking about this topic is it's very difficult to understand mental health issues. Yeah, And it's important for people listening to recognize that it's a big, big problem. Yeah. And it's a bigger problem than a lot of people realize. And you're just not equipped with... One, the understanding, two, the ability to provide recommendations, and three, how do you protect yourself when you're dealing in a family where you have all these difficult factors occurring? Uh, You brought up differentiation, and interestingly enough, one of my uh, therapy orientations was family systems, and family systems talks a lot about differentiation. This ability to be close and connected and remained an individual and yeah. that can be very difficult so if you have if you are growing up in a household where there's severe depression well that person may need you a lot of the time you may become a great people pleaser yeah. a great helper and you may lose yourself along the way yeah so just one example right yeah. of how mental health disorders and we call them disorders because they are just that yeah they are not something to be taken lightly yeah they are not something that just goes away over time they yeah. require treatment yeah. so so, how do you remain an individual, protect yourself, and stay close and connected with others? And some of the points we're going to go over today, I think, help us do that.
1: No, that's so good. Yeah, I everything that you said like totally resonated with, um, and and it's so true. I think that. Um, you know, looking back, like even on my upbringing, I can see where like the, you know, there's things called the, the triangle, right? You have like a child focused triangle. You have something that's called the drama triangle. And it's where you have two people who, um, can be experiencing anxiety, so to speak, and you bring in a buffer. And sometimes that can be a child. Sometimes if it's, you know, you and your sibling aren't getting along, you're bringing in your spouse. And like you said, in that process, um, you then take on their anxiety, their stress, and that affects you internally. Um, But also, like you said, like you can lose one, you can lose connectivity that way, um, which if you go into attachment styles, like, That's a whole nother subject, but but we'll have to go into that sometime. But um, you can even develop uh, an avoidant attachment style or um, an anxious attachment style from that. And so... Um, so yeah, Dan, let's go through like some of these points that you were talking about one seeking professional help. I know Scott and I talk about it all the time. We're huge proponents of biblical counseling. Um, we do it every day. We see the benefits, but maybe for some of those who are listening that have not experienced that, or maybe have a fear to, um, can you kind of talk through that? Yeah,
0: of course. Going back to what I said earlier, you're just not, you may not be knowledgeable about what helps. Yeah. And one thing that professionals offer is their expertise. Yeah. Now, it is important to find a professional that you can, um, you feel close to, that you can connect with, you can mesh with, that they understand you, you feel seen, you feel heard. Yeah. And they have an expertise in the area you need help in. Yeah. So there are people that specialize in trauma care. A lot of my a lot of my training and my work was in trauma informed care. So what is trauma? What does it look like? Well, sorry to tell you, it looks very different from person to person. Yeah. And that's the same for anxiety. That's the same for depression, schizophrenia. That's the same for the personality disorders. Mm -hmm. While we can use the DSM, the Diagnostical Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, to understand and provide definitions, The way the person comes into your office or into that clinic, it may look very different from that. There are characteristics, but they are not always they don't always present the same. So the professional offers expertise that we need. Uh, I think there is an unfortunate stigma still in 2023 around people like you said, Vanessa, seeking help. Yeah. And I just encourage people to go anyways, to ask for help anyways. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you feel like you have maybe a preconceived notion about how it will go. The courage to show up anyways is huge. And that might be the game changer in your life. Mm -hmm. And I've had people sitting in office with me and I've worked with colleagues that say, you know what, this person didn't want to be there on day one. But even just two weeks later, they found a life and they walked into a life that they didn't know they could have because they showed up. Yeah. So the professional offers expertise and that's just where the work begins. Yeah. They might, I've had people and just to finish up this point. I've had people that when they receive a diagnosis, it is refreshing. Yeah. It is relieving because it says, Oh, hold on a second in my head. I can now wrap up yeah. these symptoms into something called depression, something yeah. called anxiety, something yeah. called and fill in whatever they're struggling with. So the, Seeking professional help is huge. Oh, and, yeah. and being able to push ourselves past that comfort zone to get the help we need, that's huge. And that's a skill that transfers to all areas of life, I would say.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I think the enemy, so many people struggle with it because I think the enemy, like, you know, it's it's the it's the playing the narrative in our mind that we're less than or that um, we're just like we're broken or whatever it is that, you know, um, the stigma that you set around counseling of why people don't want to go. But when we can push past that just like you said Dan and seek that help because you guys the thing with professional help is that it helps it supports you as you navigate through the challenges and and we're talking about our upbringing so navigating through that getting to the root of like why am I acting the way that I'm acting my behaviors where does this all stem from where where what is the root of this and a lot of times it goes back to when we were young and our upbringing in our childhood um the other thing that I love about therapy is as you process your experiences, you can develop those healthy coping strategies like we were talking about healthy or unhealthy um, and work towards the healing and the growth. And it is a process. Uh, like you were saying, Dan, you know, it takes time, you guys. And, and I just want to encourage you you got to be patient with yourself, you know, be patient with your counselor as well. And, and and it is it is important to find somebody that you connect with and that you trust De- developing that foundation of trust is imperative.
0: And also, I think just on that point, Knowing that there are many providers out there, yes. there are many professionals. Yes. So you may find that you go and you visit with someone, you do that initial intake, and you're like, I don't know, it doesn't really seem to fit. That's okay, too. Yeah, I even have had people that I've referred, I've provided a referral to a colleague, because I thought that colleague, that professional was a better fit for that person. Yes. And the the professional is always keeping in mind the best practice and the best help for the client.
1: Yes. No, that's so good. Yeah. I know Scott has done the same as well. We do that here at, um, at our counseling center. If, if it's, you know, if somebody's struggling with an eating disorder, well, there are therapists out there that specialize in that. And so, um, you know, I know that the, the, As a therapist, you want your client to find um, the best help that they can get. And so like you said, it may be referring them out or maybe you've been seeing your therapist for a year now and it's time to graduate, so to speak, you know, or it's that, hey, you know, I think we've gotten to a certain point in this relationship, but, you know, I think it would be best if you went to xyz counselor or therapist whatever and that they can take them to that next step so to speak
0: that's a good point
1: that's good another point to make you know when when you're overcoming an upbringing you know from someone in your family that had mental health issues i think it's just educating yourself you said i think you said it earlier dan you were talking about like a lot of times you just you don't know how to deal with that you don't I didn't ask for that. I didn't ask to, to have a parent that had schizophrenia or had a bipolar disorder or whatever that may be. So I think educating yourself on what those things are, or maybe even like some of the the patterns in your family. You know, if you come from a family that, um, you know, generations of suffering with depression and anxiety, what is that? What does it look like? What did that look like for your parents? Um, and, is, and if that is something that you're struggling with, uh, obviously, like, getting the resources that you need, getting the help that you need and getting plugged into a a counselor.
0: Yeah. This, this idea that knowledge is power. Yeah. And we're fortunate in that we can get on the internet and look up stuff. And there are some great resources out there. Um, And then when you combine that with professional help, you get this nice combination of empowering myself and being empowered by a professional. And then you make, I think, healthier choices.
1: No, that's so good. Another thing that we have on here is establishing healthy boundaries. Maybe you're still dealing with family members that are struggling with mental health disorders or issues and how uh, you were talking about that earlier, Dan, like how do we protect ourselves and how do we put those boundaries around us so that that doesn't begin to affect us in a negative way or that we start taking on their issues or their problems.
0: Yeah, this idea that we all have an impact on each other. And when you have you come from an upbringing, or you're currently dealing with somebody else and their mental health symptoms, and what's going on in the day to day life, that acknowledging that that could be very draining, Yeah, that that could be very exhausting. Yep. And Where do we fit in that mix? We want to help that person. We care for that person. We love that person deeply. And there is a skill in knowing. How helpful we can actually be and being realistic about our own abilities yeah because i think sometimes you can get kind of stuck in this quicksand of i want to be there and you you kind of pop up after a while and you're like wait i haven't really been much help and i'm kind of messed up too i'm really struggling right (laughs) yeah (laughs) so being able to take that step back as difficult as it is yeah as challenging as it is it's so necessary and it goes into those other points having the professional consultations. Maybe even maybe it's not sometimes about individual therapy. Maybe it's about family therapy yes. or family consults. Yes. Even if you don't go totally into a therapy setting, yeah. being able to reach out for resources. And, you know, there's so many out there, even pastors at church, being able to go into a pastoral counseling type setting and say, hey, wh- can you help me out help yeah. me learn about this and, and yeah. just having someone where you can bounce those ideas off mm-hmm. that aren't that person that's really struggling because they're struggling with what they have going on how helpful can they really be in that moment yeah and so having that objective third party yep. helps us protect ourselves and be realistic about our abilities
1: man that's so good Dan I love that yeah I mean and it's the self-awareness that that comes with it and that is something you know we, we develop over time a lot of times um, Again, with that, those levels of differentiation comes the the ability to be self aware of of hey, oh, that yeah, this isn't this this isn't healthy, you know uh, this this situation or, or this conversation, and being able to remove yourself from that. Or when you see certain behaviors starting to pop up, um, what what boundaries and parameters am, am I going to put around this to say, hey, when when this comes up, I'm going to excuse myself, or if you do this and and I tell you this and you don't honor that, this is this is the consequence of that, so to speak. Um,
0: I like that practical example. Yeah. Because I think sometimes these conversations can be very abstract, yeah. and it's 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 helpful to think of it. You know what does setting boundaries look like? Like you said, Vanessa, yeah. if this comes up, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. And I'm doing that for both of us. Yeah. I'm doing that because the circumstances right now. Don't cultivate a healthy conversation. They're not going to get to the solution. And so saying, if this comes up and being assertive with that and being respectful with that assertion, that communication and saying, this happens, I'm going to walk away. Let's talk about it in 10 minutes. Let's talk about it tomorrow. Let me go pray on this and come back with some wisdom so that we can work through that.
1: Yeah, we were uh, working with a teen recently and there was a lot of mom and dad speaking negatively about each other in front of the teen. And- when asking this teen, you know, how do you, like, how do you navigate that? And he was saying that he's like, I just don't say anything. And we started to talk about the the toleration and what, um, and, and this teen's about to be, you know, he's going off to college. Um, and what, how do you want that to be different and drawing those boundaries? And one of the things that we talked about was him just saying to both parents, Hey, please do not dishonor my mom or dad in front of me. I don't appreciate that because it's like what we'll tolerate from our parents, like maybe later on in his relationships, you know, um, as he's dating or when he gets engaged or married, you know, is he going to tolerate what his parents might say or not say about his spouse and drawing those boundaries now to say, Hey, um, please don't say these things in front of me. And if you do, then I'm going to leave or I'm whatever that is. Um, and like you said, being firm in that. Um, and so I, yeah, I think that's, a great example. And then the next three things that we have, they kind of all kind of all flow together, but it's practicing self-care, focusing on personal growth and practicing self-compassion, um, which I know is hard. Like for me, self-care, And Scott gets on to me about this all the time. He's like, you do not take care of yourself enough. You're taking care of everybody else. And it's so important because uh, we want to, in order for, for us to continue to have you know, the joy and love the things that we do, like we have to take that time to renew and refresh ourselves and understanding what are the things that re- bring, that are refreshing to me, but understanding the things that just like renew like my soul, Um, you know, also doing that soul care. That's mm-hmm. why it's so important. To spend that time with the Lord, to get into his presence. You know, maybe it's going on a women's Bible retreat or, uh, you know, a women's conference. Uh, for me personally, I love doing things like that because it just renew. Like, I just feel like it just renews and refreshes my soul. Um, but focusing on your own personal growth, like what what things are you implementing on a day-to-day basis Or even it could be a weekly basis, a monthly basis that's helping you grow in the things that you want to achieve or the things that are related to your relationships, your marriage, your personal development, uh, your career, education, things like that. And then practicing self-compassion. I think that we can all be so hard on ourselves. We're our own worst critic. Um, And just giving ourselves the grace and and the place to have that grace um, can be difficult.
0: Yeah, and I like this idea of celebrating your progress. Oh, that's you know, good. You go and you have these hard conversations. You seek professional help and giving yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. When we recognize those small wins, they actually cultivate motivation to keep yep. going. And we sometimes society says... I uh, just keep it's just what you have to do. And yeah. I heard this a lot with clients in substance abuse. I'm I'm trying to give them praise for being sober for 6 months or a year and yeah. they never have. This might be a 40-year-old person that's never for more than 6 months been sober since they were a teenager. Wow. And I'm saying this is incredible. Let's give ourselves some praise here and they say it's just what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And it just diminishes all of that progress. And then those that over time learn that there's power in recognizing what we're doing well, recognizing that we had that hard conversation, we set that boundary, we went on that walk, we took our lunch break, yeah. we did things that were, like you said, going to a retreat that helps you establish a sense of community and connectedness and yeah. recharges you, yeah. yes. going into that prayer closet and really coming out rejuvenated, yeah. recognizing that is so, so important. That's good.
1: No, that is so good. Yes. Celebrate the wins. That's, that's so important because it can just, it can get so easy to just like continue to just keep doing what we're doing. Right. And then you lose, we also lose sight of the blessing on what God's trying to do in and through us, like through the process or in that season. And so. It's always good because we want to give praise to him for the incredible work that he's doing within us. And so, no, this is good. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. I know we're at the end of our time, but um, you guys, we hope that this has blessed you. We hope that you've taken away some practical and spiritual tips from this, but we look forward to seeing you next week and we pray that you are blessed in all that you do.